0: are listening to The Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Monday show for you. We're going to talk about Joey's season. Not a whole hell of a lot happened over the weekend. We've got some big brother to discuss, Taylor Swift, an update from what happened with my niece. I'm sure you saw it on my social media over the weekend. And some unfortunate news in the Celebrity world as the tragic passing of Matthew Perry happened over the weekend. Give a few thoughts on that. We'll get to all that momentarily. So let's begin. We are at Rose Ceremony, excuse me, at hometown number four today for Rachel Nance. It is in California. Saturdays was at Maria Gorgas. Georges, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Sorry. But Maria's hometown date was on Saturday, as I told you that on Thursday that I had gotten confirmed that Maria and Rachel uh, were definitely the last two that had gotten hometown dates. Tomorrow is rose ceremony number four, and then hopefully I'll find out soon where they're headed for overnights and final rose ceremony. So not a whole hell of a lot to report. No pictures got out of Maria filming, and no videos got out either. Maybe some will get out of Rachel to out for Rachel today. Maybe not, but. If not for Rachel today, then only one photo got out, and that was the one I posted of, and video got out, and that was the one I was able to get of Joey and Daisy back last Tuesday in Minnesota since nothing got out with Kelsey on Thursday, Kelsey Anderson. So, you know, it doesn't really mean much. You know, some seasons, I remember some seasons like all four hometowns were literally – public dates where everybody that watched the show could see them. Like they didn't try and hide them. I don't necessarily know if they're trying to hide contestants and trying to hide hometowns now. So they don't give away their final four. I don't know. I mean, it's just, you can only do so much. If people know who the final four are, technically somebody could go to where that person lives and, and stake it out or whatever. And that's probably how the pictures of Joey and Daisy happened is that somebody knew because I had posted out there that Daisy's hometown was last Tuesday. Somebody probably uh, knew who uh, Daisy's parents were and drove down the street and saw it because that's the only way that they would get pictures from the house. I doubt somebody who didn't know anything about the show just happened to be driving down the street and drove by, you know, so that's my guess. People knew about uh, Kelsey Anderson's date on Thursday beforehand, but nobody took pictures or videos that at least have been posted. Same with uh, Maria on Saturday, and then we'll see what happens with Rachel Nance today. But it is something to where it doesn't really mean anything in the long run, whether all four pictures get out or in videos of hometown dates. If one does, if two does, or if three does. I remember on, you know, Clayton season, none of them got out. I remember on Peter Weber's season, I want to say all of them got out. And I remember for Gabby and Rachel's season, remember they had seven hometowns because Gabby only had three. I had six of the seven with photo. Well, three of the seven were public where everybody saw them and they were all over the place. Three of them only I had pictures of, and then one of them nobody had, and that was Tino's hometown date in LA, but that's what I mean. It just, it varies from season to season. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It doesn't mean anything for the ending of the season or anything like that, like who he's going to choose. It just, I've always been curious about hometown dates in terms of when they have been out. I remember, and this is just popping into my head right now, Rachel Lindsay and Peter Krause. That was his last name, right? Krause? Yeah. When Rachel and Peter went to Wisconsin for his hometown date, they literally walked. <laughs> uh, it was like a farmer's market day on a Saturday, and they literally just walking in the middle of it. Like, Of course, when producers are filming that, they're not trying to hide that hometown date. And you could say that about numerous hometown dates. Some are just public, and then some they do in a certain area and film it, and then they go home. It's just a matter of getting them. And look at the, what we got for Daisy was only them arriving at the home and leaving the home so they didn't even get where Joey and Daisy went during the day I don't know what they did during the day so that's the crazy part is what is going on in producers minds when they're down to their final four and they know they're spoiling their own show when you go film a hometown date in the middle of the city you know like they did for Peter Krause and I that's the only one that comes to my mind but I know there's been plenty of others hell I think um Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, that last one, who was it? I uh, can't remember the season, but it was like almost a parade for that person. Uh, you know, I remember JoJo and Jordan. Didn't they, didn't, didn't they go back to Jordan's high school and the students were in class that day? Like, of course people are going to see them and take pictures. So it's just weird. It's really weird how they choose to either decide we want people to see this or we don't or we don't care very curious about that big brother last night we had the crowning of the hoh which was matt and it was one of those challenges where you pretty much had to show your hand it's kind of like on survivor when they've had an immunity challenge and people have to go for other people and knock you know who are you going to try and knock off and same thing in the uh, challenge As well. It's like, okay, if you're going after a certain person and you have to give them like you have to knock, you know what, three balls off or something like that, and everyone's got three targets and a certain person is targeting you, well, clearly you know that you're not in their alliance. So when Matt and Jag are rolling the balls and the first ones they go after are Felicia and Sari, it's like, okay, they should have known at that point that Matt and Jag are working with Bowie Jane. And then Matt puts up Suri and Felicia. It's like, yeah, it's pretty clear they've decided to side with Bowie Jane. And Matt said it at the end of the episode. I put up Suri and Felicia because I know I can't compete in the HOH next week. And if Sari or Felicia goes home, it's basically Jag and Bowie Jane against the person who ends up staying between Suri and Felicia. Those are the three that will be competing in the HOH, and I have a 66% chance to keep myself safe because Matt can't compete in it. And he's thinking that Jag or Bowie Jane has a way better chance of beating Suri or Felicia. Now, Matt put up Suri and Felicia and has told the cameras and told Suri that Felicia is his target, and Suri is just up as a pawn. But you heard after he put them both up Jag said in his confessional, I think we need to go after Suri, and I need to convince Matt to get Suri out. And honestly, that's probably the smart move because of what I just said. If Suri is gone, and only three people are competing in HOH next week, and it's Bowie, Jane, and Jag, and Felicia, yes, they have a 66% chance, but that's just based on numbers of winning and not putting Jag up. (laughs) But... I mean, they probably have a better chance than that, considering Felicia hasn't really won anything this season. I think she might have won one HOH, but that was like one of those fluky ones. If it's anything endurance or puzzle or athletic, she's out. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's going to be the case. Now, if Jag wins HOH next week, and he doesn't take a shot at Matt, which it doesn't seem like he's going to. It seems like this is going to be a Matt and Jag final. And I think this might be one of the closely – finally we get a close vote at the end because you see things building up to where each can make a case for the other one. But if Jag wins HOH, Bowie Jane's got to realize, wait, I thought I was in a final three with you and Matt, but you kind of have to – I mean, yeah, but Bowie Jane, you have to understand there's only two people – only three people left and he's not putting Matt up. So clearly you're going up. So it would be Felicia. If they eliminate Sari this week, it would be Felicia and Bowie Jane going up on the block next week. And look, and then if, then if that's the case, I would think they vote Bowie Jane out because you want Felicia into final three because Matt and Jag know she doesn't have a chance in hell of beating either of them in the final comps. So that means Matt and Jag can basically solidify their way to the finals. And then, I mean, Matt has kind of built his resume the last couple of weeks, winning HOH and winning a power of veto. But as everybody's talking about, Jag has a great resume. Now, maybe Matt was blowing smoke up Suri's ass when he said, essentially, that everyone's in fear of Jag and Jag can win this thing. And, oh, yeah, he's a bigger threat. Maybe he was just saying that. But. I do think this could be a close vote. I do think this could be a 4-3. I really do, because both of them have a pretty solid resume. They played the game together since the very beginning. Is 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 Put it this way. Is one of them that much better than the other one at the game? I don't think so. I think they're both pretty even. They're both strategic. They both won a lot of comps. Jag won more, but it's not always based on comps, as evidenced by Taylor Hale's win last year. So... Jag is likable. Matt is likable. This is going to be a very interesting final since I really do think that's what we're headed towards unless there's just a major upset in the HOH next week and somehow Sari and or Felicia end up winning this thing. Whoever doesn't go home this week when they compete in HOH next week, if they happen to win, then that could flip the house on its head. But very, very surprising if but what if Bowie Jane wins? She has to put up Matt or Jag over Felicia. Maybe Bowie Jane flips the game on its head and decides I'm putting them both up and she turns on them. She has to turn on one of them because there's only going to be you know, there's two people in the nominations and three of them left. So she'd have to put at least one of them up. So I I guess that could be a thing, but you would think also once she puts them up, one of them is winning power veto, so it's it's craziness. I think this is, but I think I think as viewers, we should probably all cheer for a Matt and Jag final, just because that would be the closest. Bowie, Jane or Felicia or Sari sitting next to either a Matt and Jag I think is seven zero. Maybe if Sari gets there, she gets a couple votes, but I think anything else, Matt against Sari, Felicia or Bowie, Jane or Jag against Suri, Felicia or Bowie, Jane we're looking at 7-0, 6-1 uh, against Felicia and Bowie Jane, and maybe 5-2 or 6-1 uh, against Suri. So remember when I was talking about uh, Taylor Swift, as I always do, uh, the other day, we were talking about the new re-release of the, Vault, the the new songs, the Vault Tracks on the 1989 re-release, Taylor's version, and seemingly... These were songs that didn't make the album back in 2014, and who was she dating right around that time, and who that a lot of those album songs that people seem to think were about were about Harry Styles. Well, now five songs make the vault tracks, and every single one of these five songs that were added to the 1989 soundtrack literally are breakup songs. None of them are boppy, none of them are bubblegum pop, and all of them talk about what men did to her, how they did her wrong, what guys did. And Us Weekly, as they always do, and I applaud them for this, you know, broke down each of the vault songs and what lines in them may have referred to Harry. So for now, we don't or um, for now, we don't talk. There is a line in it where she says, you grew your hair long. And One Direction fans know that in 2014, Harry Styles uh, featured his long curly locks from the Where Where We Are Tour. Is It Over Now? seems to be the song that has the most references to Harry Styles. Um, Swift references her blue dress on a boat. After her split from Harry, she was photographed wearing a blue dress while sitting on a boat. And Harry Styles moved on with a blonde model. And in the song, Is It Over Now? One of the lyrics is, your new girl is my clone. Everywhere else, she references her ex-lover searching in every model's bed for something greater. So, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of references in these new songs, and they're clearly all songs that, like I said, were written in 2014, never made the album, never made the final cut, but it's kind of clear who they were after or who they were about, and uh, Harry's in the crossroads, but it's, I mean, it's obviously nothing bad wasn't anything bad in any of those lyrics, not that I noticed. It was just she's referencing a time when the fans have pretty much been known that it was Harry Styles. And even Out of the Woods has a lot of references to what people think is Harry Styles as well. In Out of the Woods, she says, remember when you hit the brakes too soon, 20 stitches in the hospital room. This is in reference to Harry Styles' infamous December 2012 snowmobile accident. He was wearing a bandage on his chin after that accident happened. The song awful ref- also references two paper airplanes flying, which appears to reference the paper airplane necklaces Styles and Swift wore throughout their time together. So, you know, I mean, it probably is about Harry. I'm sure these other four or five songs are about Harry, but I don't know why people get mad at Taylor. Everything is like, oh my God, once she breaks up with you, she's going to write a song about you. She's not writing it about them. She's writing it about her life that happens to be about them. And she never names them and she never talks about it. I understand that she, it leads to speculation and I don't think she's really being so secretive. And I'm guessing all these songs that people are guessing are about certain guys. They're probably right. But if she's never going to talk about it and never address it, who cares? You know, it's not a big deal. Everyone's like, oh, she's just out to trash ex-boyfriends. No, she's not. I think that's taking it a bit extreme. It's not that bad. It's not that deep. If it was that deep, she wouldn't be so obvious in her songs. I think she would make it more cryptic. But when she says, remember when you hit the brakes too soon, 20 stitches in the hospital room, and everybody knows at that time that he was in a motorcycle accident and he was photographed with a bandage on his chin. Like, she's not... while she might not be naming names, she's not also trying to be so coy and hide these guys. It's like she's having fun, and this was 2014 when she was also what 24, 25 years old. So it's like I just they they think of her as just this this heartless wench that goes after her exes and all her songs. Oh, you better not break up with Taylor; she's going to write a song about you, and. This guy should be honored that she's got a song about them considering she's the most popular artist in the history of female artistry in the music industry. If we're breaking it down by downloads and sales and concert tours and all that, name one who's more successful. I don't think you can. So I don't know if you saw it over the weekend that on my Instagram stories, my niece, (laughs) Uh, is so excited, and I told you last Tuesday she was in Columbus, Ohio, to watch the Columbus, Ohio-Anaheim Ducks game. She's a huge Ducks fan, and the hockey Instagram accounts were following her, and she was tag- they were tagged in her, and they knew that she was there. It got around to the Anaheim Ducks, who had contacted her earlier this summer, saying, hey, we want to get you out to a game, because they saw her video of her after getting her wisdom teeth pulled when she was a little looped up on anesthesia, scream crying that she wasn't going to meet her favorite player. Trevor Zegris. got back to the ducks. They got in touch with her. They were going to do it at some point. Well, they found out that she was there in Columbus on Tuesday and I told you she got to meet him. He signed a stick for her and she's just over the moon. Well, now all these hockey Instagram accounts picked up the story as did the Anaheim Ducks. They put it on their Instagram reels, the whole story of how it came to be. I think Hockey Trend is one of them. Uh, Instagram story did the whole how it came to be. Anaheim Ducks just put the video up of Trevor skating over and giving uh, my niece the stick. So, so many others, like five other hockey accounts have picked up this story and put it on their Instagram account. So every time a new one happens, she sends it to me and she's so excited. It's just funny because you can all now see if you followed my story on Saturday, you can all now see the video I was talking about that when my sister took her last December to get her wisdom teeth pulled, my sister recorded her in the back seat. Olivia, uh, my niece crying, scream crying, not just, oh, just uh, weeping. No, it was like scream crying That she was never going to meet Trevor Zegras. And there she was. It got back around to the Ducks. So, yeah. that's uh, She's excited, uh, to say the least. And unfortunately, probably the worst news of the weekend by far is the passing of Matthew Perry. This past, I think it was Saturday night? Yeah. Um, Early reports. He drowned. And you know i haven't read any new details but what i had read that night was found in his jacuzzi you know look you obviously don't drown in a jacuzzi you know you you might go underwater and not wake up because you have passed out or you know looks like cardiac arrest so he was in his jacuzzi found in his jacuzzi it seems like but you know you don't so technically i guess did he drown yes because he was found in a pool in a jacuzzi, not a pool in a jacuzzi. So, but obviously we know jacuzzis aren't very deep and you don't drown in a jacuzzi because of lack of swimming or something like that, you know? So the whole thing is just incredibly sad because this is a guy who was still battling his demons. You know, when his book came out last year, he did the media tour and didn't back down from anything in regards to his story. Even there's clips out there still Him saying he just refused to go back and watch Friends because no matter what season you put on or what episode you put on, even though he did when he did the Diane Sawyer interview, or it was an ABC interview, it might not have been Diane Sawyer, although I think it, it was, but he would sit there and say, yeah, on this season, because his weight fluctuation was due to his drug use. And he would say, I would watch these episodes, or if you showed me an episode, I could tell you, oh, that's opiates, oh, that's alcohol, oh, that's cocaine. He would literally say that. So, I mean, this is a guy that decided to come clean last year, wrote a book, and was very open in all his interviews. And you just, you hate to hear. I mean, we're not going to find out. We'll probably get an autopsy report soon. And, you know, if it was cardiac arrest, I, I... you know, you don't want to hope for something, but to me, I hope it was cardiac arrest where it was just an after effect of all the drugs that he did over his life versus hearing he might've relapsed. And that's what ended up um, doing it. You know, that's like he, like if they find drugs in his system from Saturday night, that would really suck, you know, because you just, you cheer for people like that, but it's, I, I understand anybody that has been an addict like that. It's, you're never out of the woods. You're always every day, is a struggle. And you hope, you just hope that it wasn't that, but I guess we won't know until the autopsy comes out. But if we find out it is, you know, cardiac arrest, maybe it it's either from cardiac arrest for something he did that night, or maybe it's from the years of accumulation of drugs and it just, his heart gave out. It's very possible. It's, you know, I, I would hope for the latter is all I'm saying just because I, I don't want to hear that he was, you know, still using and, and that's what um and that's what happened on, on Saturday night. But just a tragic, tragic story all around. I was looking around and I could have missed it. I haven't seen any of the other five friends release anything yet. And it's very well, it's very possible they haven't because they don't know what to say yet or they're crafting the perfect response. Yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of other celebrities speak out and and release their statements, but I have not heard anything from Courtney or Lisa or Matt or David or Jennifer. But I could be wrong. I could have missed that. Maybe it was something was released late last night or Sunday. I was watching football all day yesterday, so I don't know. But it's just it's awful. It's it's awful because he is somebody that is ingrained in a lot of people's like a lot of people know friends. And a lot of people know who he is, and a lot of people have a really strong affinity for the Chandler Bing character. And it's one of the more iconic comedic characters in all of television history. The sarcasm, I think, you know, I don't want to say that he's the first person to do sarcasm on a on a sitcom, because he certainly wasn't. But he might have been the guy to put sarcasm on the map, you know? Plenty of people did sarcasm in movies and TVs before. I'm not saying that, but the way his character was written, it's almost like when you think of sarcasm and TV, he's probably one of the top two people that comes to mind. Say so who's like the most sarcastic character in a television comedy? It'd be Chandler Bing would be the first name out of somebody's mouth. If not the second, you know, it, it's an iconic character, and it just—it's sad to see him go. Uh, you know, thoughts are are with his friends and, and family. I um, mean, it's really just—there's no other way around it. So, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review if you can. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. Had a good weekend in college football, and went five hundred in the pros but we're back on track. We're doing really well now. Tell your friends about it if you're interested in that kind of stuff. But thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!